Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here with John Warren from Dropship Breakthrough, and he is going to tell me why I am wrong about dropshipping and why it's a good thing for, for everyone to get involved with. So without further ado, John, um, tell me why I'm wrong about dropshipping. Well, you know, I think um, I was, you, you asked me this question before, and I was thinking back at it, uh, and I thought back to when I was first, you know, starting to get into online business, which was about nine years ago, starting to explore things, and dropshipping came across my radar, and I'll admit, in the beginning, I was skeptical of it too. I think it's um, one of those things that, um, you know, if it's if it's not done the right way, or what I would say is the right way at least, it, it is a pretty terrible thing uh, in a lot of ways. And it's one of those things as well that um, I think has been pumped a lot online as kind of like, you know, the lifestyle business or the kind of easy business, if you like, you know, like this uh, mm. kind of easy path to riches kind of thing, which... Uh, for anybody who's been in business any length of time will know there's there's no such thing anywhere. No. Um, and this is certainly actually the case with dropshipping, right? It's it's not an easy path to riches. It's not, it's a simple business model, but that doesn't mean it's an easy business model. So, uh, you know, a lot of the things that people associate with dropshipping, you know, low quality products, long shipping times, unpredictable shipping times, um, you know, terrible customer service, all of these sort of things certainly can be the case once again. So if it's done incorrectly and, and the method that's been pushed a lot by people online that, you know, your listeners might be familiar with in the last kind of three to five years was AliExpress dropshipping, which involved findings, you know, manufacturers in China of, uh, you know, sort of low ticket, you know, 20 to a hundred dollar widgets, you know, dog eyelashes and things like this and shipping them all over the world from China uh, through these, you know, Shopify sites and that sort of thing. Yes. And, you know, the shipping would take three weeks to a month. And often when the product got to the customer, it would be broken or, you know, really low quality, inferior type of product. Um, and so there were some guys online that were pumping that really hard and, you know, kind of had these turn and burn websites and honestly suck at a whole bunch of people into trying to start these same businesses. And uh, most of them are gone now, you know, a few years later. So that's, that's kind of one way of doing drop shipping. Um, but the reality is dropshipping has been happening for at least 20 years, possibly longer. I know people who have been doing it for 20 years. Um, as I mentioned, I've been doing it for eight years myself. Uh, and we do a particular method of dropshipping, which we, we call high ticket dropshipping. So high ticket dropshipping is a little bit different. Um, and the way that we do it gets around a lot of those problems. There's still, I guess, some downsides to it, right? There's downsides to every business model. I would argue that having to put up $100,000 to start a business is a downside to some business models, right? I don't have to do that to start a business. So what we do, high-ticket dropshipping, we're focused on selling high-ticket products, yeah. know, hence the name. So I'm talking about products with an average price of, you know, you can have some variation, but probably $800 nice. plus. In, so in your terms, in pound terms, I don't know, maybe that's like 500 pounds or something yes, like okay. that, right? Um, and we'll go right up anywhere in the spectrum from there up to $10,000 and beyond for a product price. So, mm -hmm. and so we're going for these high price products, which means they're generally high quality products, right? And they're made by established manufacturers in the country that we're, that we're basing our business in. So I'm in Australia, right? 
So if I was going to run one of these businesses in Australia, my business is only going to sell to Australian customers and it's going to sell products that are either, you know, supplied or manufactured in Australia. So the products mm -hmm. are here in Australia. They're going to ship from warehouses anywhere in Australia, really. They could be anywhere. But they're going to ship to customers within Australia. So that means the shipping is going to be anywhere between overnight to, you know, five days, let's say. Australia is a pretty big country, so it can take take a while to get things from one side to the other. Um, but for a customer, it's going to feel generally pretty much like they ordered the product from an e-commerce retailer who has the products in their own warehouse and is shipping them themselves, right? And so what we have is pretty regular shipping times, high quality products, which have a super low return rate. I mean, our return rate, high ticket drop shipping is probably half a percent or less, mm -hmm. generally speaking. People don't want to return expensive products. It's, it's kind of a, a really cool thing as compared to lower price products. And, you know, you can, on a lot of these products, you get a bit of variance, but you can find decent margins. So we'll find margins anywhere between uh, 20, which is kind of the low end, up to 50%. Okay. Gross. That's a gross margin, obviously. You've got to take your costs out of that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so that's a lot. That's the other thing. A lot, I think a lot of people assume about dropshipping is the margins always have to be really low, right? And certainly mm -hmm. they can be, um, but often they're not. So it is possible to build a business in a market and work with a number of suppliers who have margins that make it very possible to do business. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so your average high ticket dropshipping business as a net margin you'll be seeing somewhere between 15 and 20%. Okay. So what you're saying is you're selling things for twice what you buy them for. At, at best, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've, see, I've had experience doing similar things to this. So in my industry, so I'm in the nursery industry, and we sure. don't, we, we'd really like to drop ship um, furniture because furniture is, um, it's difficult to handle. It's expensive. Now that we've got a number of problems with this. One is that, mm. The, the stuff which is drop shipped so tends to be sold by a lot of people at the same price. So you don't generally tend to get things where you're the only person, you know, there's no kind of virgin territory out there of people that are not selling, you know, no one's selling these products. And the second thing yep. is that the the there's very few suppliers out there that have sophisticated systems where even they know, either they know what their stock levels are or they, <laughs> or they can provide you with an up-to-date stock level. So what happens Absolutely. is that people will uh, you you'll end up listing these products and the you know there's this long kind of process you send the email to the there's no straight through processing so you send the email to the manufacturer they lose it you need to make sure they've got it they send the product or they 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 then don't send it because they're waiting on stock and you've got this customer who's waiting and you end up just juggling a lot of balls and in the mm -hmm. end we we've just never found a way of making it work. And to give you an anecdote, um, you're aware of um, Tony from, uh, what's it, Zappos? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. I don't know if you've read his book, which is quite good, even though it should it be is. pointed out he and killed himself have, recently. Yeah. Um, so perhaps it's not such a good story. But um, yeah. he yeah. was saying in Zappos, they started off drop shipping. And then they found for mm. all these reasons uh, that they the suppliers couldn't deliver the stuff well enough, they actually stopped doing it. And I read that and I thought that's mm. exactly my experience with drop shipping. It's really, really hard to get it work to work. Maybe there are other people out there that have got better supplies than me. 
anyway that's my experience of job yeah. shipping yeah and that, and that does raise a few good points i think so zappos of course selling shoes footwear um at that time at least anyway i don't know where they are these days but that's that's where they made their name and that's what they would have started out drop shipping i 100 percent would not drop ship clothes shoes or anything like that that's that is not going to work absolutely hands down will not work ever i wouldn't do it and there's a few reasons for that right if you drop ship a pair of shoes each sale you're probably going to make like i don't know five bucks right so you've got to do a lot of volume yeah to make that into any real business right you got to do a real lot of volume and that is going to cause problems with the drop shipping model that level of individual orders the way we do it so and an example i use a lot because it's a product i've been i was working with fairly recently i sell an infrared sauna for a seven grand us nice. in the us right i'm making on that like in my pocket two thousand dollars mm-hmm. one sale right how many how many of those do i need to sell how many orders do i actually need to manage to make the same as i'd have to sell what hundreds of pairs of shoes Right. So this this is where it gets interesting because you don't actually have to manage that much when you do it the way we do it. So yes, you do still have some of those potential downsides. One of the downsides of the business model is that certain elements of the shipping process are out of your hands, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, you're relying on the supplier to put it together, put the box together, get it ready for shipping. You can still arrange the shipping yourself through your own carrier if you want to, but yeah, you've got to rely on the supplier. So that's definitely a downside. The flip side of it is though, as compared to an e-commerce, a more traditional e-commerce business who's got a warehouse full of stuff, I don't got to have a warehouse full of stuff. Yeah, I didn't have to front up the money to buy that. Uh, to me, that's a downside of the traditional e-commerce business model. I don't have that constant cycle of having to front up 20, 50 grand to fill my warehouse every few months because I'm running out of stock. Yeah. That eats up a lot of cash. I never have that. I make money, guess where it goes? It goes straight into my passive income stream every month. Mm-hmm. No well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, completely I, mean? So, um, I completely up, agree with you. There's ups, ups and downs. Yeah. The other Look, thing I mean, I'd say, I wouldn't do furniture either. Yeah. So we don't do that. We base our businesses usually around passion or enthusiast markets. Okay. So my business partner, Ben at Dropship Breakthrough, uh, he built a, an eight-figure-a-year business around the golfing niche. Mm-hmm. Right? Fantastic business, amazing business. And where they ended up taking that was they went from the drop shipping thing where they built a really big business, got a massive customer base. And what do you think they did next? They brought out their own products. Right, okay. Their own branded products, which they got manufactured. So this is where drop shipping can take you. You build, you start drop shipping, you build a customer list, you get to know your market, you have a pool of customers that you can say, hey, what product would you love to have? What do you think is missing from this? interest that you have you go out and build that product based on their feedback and boom you straight away can start selling it okay so it's actually a cool way to get into what you might class as more traditional e-commerce if you want to get started and you don't have a lot of capital right it's a great way to test markets Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have to be the end game and i think in some ways this is what might be interesting for somebody who's running a traditional e-commerce business like yourself to say, let's say you're, you're up and running. You, you're, you've got a good, you've got a growing business. Um, 
and you've seen some opportunities with different categories of products to what you have, but you're not sure if it's going to work. Well, and so you don't want to commit a large chunk of capital into you know buying in stock of these products when you're not really sure if it's somewhere you want to go yet. Well, go and find some manufacturers, get them to dropship those products for you in the beginning and go and see if you can sell them, how they sell, how they work. And then based on that, you can say, well, actually, hey, this looks pretty good. I don't want to keep drop, drop shipping these things. But now I've got some certainty around how the marketing around them works and all that sort of thing. I can now go and place some orders for stock and, mm -hmm. you know, get, yeah, get, probably get some better margins, you know, and all that and have a bit more control over the shipping, which is actually going to improve the experience and all that sort of thing so how do you find okay so suppliers so my experience with suppliers is typically they want to sell products they because suppliers are suppliers because they effectively either manufacture things they put things on pallets and they ship them to warehouses and that's what they're interested oh. in they're generally not that interested in dealing with end consumers and that's why they're typically not very good at it in, say in my experience yeah. how do you very find nice. suppliers that are interested in doing that and how do you how do you make sure that they're actually providing you a good customer level of customer service to your end customers. They don't deal with our end customers. So you don't deal with the end customers. No, no, we they do, don't do the, the suppliers don't. Well, so they have to ship run the a dropshipping business. Your, yeah. your business is marketing and customer service. Okay. Right. But and managing they the have relationship. To but in a dropship, they, they have to interact with them to the extent that they're sending the products to the customer. So, yeah, so yeah, how, how the process works, at least for us, I, we get an order on our store. You know, often we'll talk to the customer, they'll call up, you know, high ticket sales, you tend to get a little bit more customer service. There tends, there can be a few more questions about, you know, the product or how it's going to ship and all of that sort of thing. So you sell the product, you, you know, your supplier will have a process in place for placing orders, whether that's via email or, you know, they might have an online portal for doing that sort of thing. Um, you place an order with them. You're going to give them the customer's shipping address and all that sort of thing. They're going to package it up either using your shipping or their shipping mm -hmm. it can go either way. Um, you know, it's going to ship straight to the customer. If the customer's got any questions, uh, you know, or any, anything's, uh, you know, about the product and follow up, they're going to call you. You're going to deal with that. Um, they don't touch the supplier at all. There, there's absolutely no interaction between the customer and the supplier. It's all done by you, um, and that, that's literally how it works. Yeah, but I'm just saying, from my again, from my experience, the, there's not that many suppliers that will either drop ship or because they're interested in selling things wholesale, and they're not particularly. They, they, there's a reason why they don't already send things directly to customers because that's not what they do. Yeah, so is it the, yeah, they don't want they don't want to do the service, they don't want to do the marketing, all of that sort of thing. No, it's the shipping that it's the shipping that that they they're also not interested. In my experience, a lot of mostly not interested in doing the shipping either. Maybe it's different for high ticket items, but or very high ticket items. Yeah. But... Well, maybe it is. Like I say, I mean, we don't sell low ticket stuff. Yeah. Um, low ticket stuff is silly to drop ship, in in my opinion. So I, I can't really comment on that because I wouldn't do it. Um, but if you're doing if you're doing it for for higher ticket stuff, look at the end of the day. I mean, the conversation we have with suppliers, how do we find them? Well, it's just you just go and research online and find anybody who manufactures the product you want to sell. Yeah, And you get on the phone and you call them and you have a conversation with them. So if I'm going to go to a supplier and say, hey, buddy, I got, I got you a an option to sell more of your products. 
right? It's not going to cost you anything. There's no risk in it for you because I don't want a credit account or anything. I'm not going to take things on credit. I'm going to pay for them all up front before they even ship, which none of your traditional retailers are doing right now. You're chasing them around circles to get them to pay 90-day accounts or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going bust, right? I'm going to give you constant cash flow because I'm going to be placing orders every day. You're going to have money coming into your business every day for you to pay your staff, which you probably don't have much of now. All you got to do is ship products every day. And if, you, if you're worried about the extra admin cost, I'll put a drop shipping charge on every order. Okay. Now, you're, if they're going to sit there and tell me, no, I don't like to make money. Uh, please sell my competitors' products. Well, frankly, I mean, if you're that supplier, you're an idiot. Okay. Like, I'll be honest. I don't say that to them, honestly. But this, it's a mutually beneficial business opportunity for the supplier. Like they've got no, no skin in the game. The worst thing for them is I don't sell anything, right? Let's say my business fails. I don't owe them any money, right? They don't have to chase me. Nothing's happened to them. They've got no skin in the game. Do you have to or, kiss a lot of, I sell oh, some of their products? Yeah. I, I mean, do you, have to, products. do you have to approach a lot of suppliers before you get ones that say yes? Because, you know, there's an awful lot of people out there trying to do drop shipping and an awful lot of people contacting um suppliers saying i'd like to drop ship your products mm. and they typically that's as Absolutely. i say how do you is, is it that you manage to find people that aren't already offering drop shipping and aren't already particularly well represented online or are, is it people that have set up for drop shipping already and you just market uh, it, your it can be it can be a bit of yeah. both so it, it'll depend a little bit what what country you're in so if you're doing this in the us um which has a very well established sort of drop shipping market and probably the most well-established e-commerce market in the world um you will find most suppliers will have um you know had this conversation before right and, nice. and or they'll be doing drop shipping if you're in somewhere like the uk or australia which it's a little bit less common and it's a little bit less developed and people have been talking about it for a shorter amount of at least particularly the way that we do it you will get both. You will talk to find some suppliers who have never done it before and never really thought about it before. Um, and you kind of have to really walk them through the mechanics of it, how it's going to work, why they why they should do it and all that sort of thing. And then you'll also get some that have had that conversation before. It'll depend kind of what market they're in and what they sell uh, as to how frequently they might have had contact from people wanting to start a dropshipping business. Look, the reality is that most of the people who try to start dropshipping business watched the video on YouTube and picked up the phone and called a supplier. And that's not, yeah. they're not prepared for it. And yeah, they're not going to do anything. And, you know, they're sitting there in their pajamas thinking they've got a bright idea. Um, so, you know, the way we go about it, it's a little bit more professional. We actually build the business before we even call suppliers. Mm -hmm. So we'll build a top notch e commerce site. We'll put some demo products on it. We walk suppliers through it all so they can see how that we're going to do a professional job of marketing their products. We take them through all of that. Um, and so, you know, when you come at it from that perspective, you're, your chances of getting yeses from suppliers is a lot higher than if you're somebody who just calls them and says, hey, I'm thinking of starting an e-commerce business. Uh, can you tell me what your margins are? Give me your price list and stuff. And maybe in three months time, I'll have them online. That's what most people do when they want to yeah. start a dropshipping business. It's the wrong way to do it. So what are you saying are the key factors for success in a dropshipping business? Uh, the key factors for success are to realize that 
you're not a retailer, right? So a dropshipping business is, um, I said this earlier, is a marketing and a service business, right? Mm -hmm. So you win at dropshipping if you're prepared to learn the right way to do marketing. So, and once again, dropshipping requires fairly specific marketing practices, right? Okay. Um, and you have to be the person in your market who provides the best service to your customer. Because these are the two things that you're in direct control over. As we've mentioned, it's not your product. You're not in direct control over product development or anything like that. You're not a product person as such, right? You're not developing a product here. That's not your control. Your control is on your, your marketing, your website, your service, right? So you've got to nail those things to be successful. And you're going, going to be going up against a lot of e-commerce businesses that are not nailing those things. I literally have people who will call up and will say, well, I'm going to order from you because you're the only e-commerce business that answered the phone. Sometimes it's that simple. But um, on the marketing side, so for high ticket dropshipping, for example, we don't touch social media hardly at all. There's no mm -hmm. Facebook ads. There's none of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a big mix of, you know, Google ads, search engine optimization, retargeting, email marketing. Um, there's a very specific marketing system that we use. And so mm -hmm. another mistake that a lot of people make with dropshipping apply the wrong marketing to it, mm -hmm. right? And so they, they try marketing that their margins can't support, for example. Um, and Facebook so, doesn't you know, work. Facebook's too expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing without, with the low ticket dropshipping and AliExpress dropshipping at the time was that the, the, the guys that were spruiking it were doing it all with Facebook ads, which they were very advanced marketers, right? And yes, if you're an advanced marketer, you can make quite a bit of money out of Facebook. But if you're just a beginner and you want to throw a bunch of budget at Facebook ads, you're almost always going to blow it. So Particularly dropshipping. You're not going to carry, the margins aren't going to carry you at that at all. So do you aim to have a, a few products that you promote heavily or do you have a large catalog and hope to sell a little bit across a large catalog? Yeah, so I kind of call it, uh, you're kind of like a category king rather than a one product kind of person. So this yeah. is another difference. So once again, low ticket dropshippers will tend to focus on finding a winning product like Ride to the Moon. Um, once again, that's the wrong way of doing it. Um, so let's say once again, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to, my niche is going to be, I'll give you an example. My niche is going to be biohackers, right? This is a trendy thing, right? Biohacking. I don't know if you've heard that one. No, but, um, I haven't heard of it. <laughs> so they, these are, you know, men and women who are, you know, usually in their middle years who are, you know, into finding ways to optimize their biology, right? And so there's a range okay. of products that they buy to do this, right? Infrared saunas, which I mentioned earlier is one of them. Um, you know, cold plunge pools, uh, ice baths, all this sort of stuff, right? So I'm going to say my niche, I'm going to have a store, a dropshipping store that serves that market. There's a, there's a range of products I'm going to sell, right? And for each of those product types, like infrared saunas, there's going to be a range of manufacturers that I'm going to put on that site. And I'm going to sell all the products they have. You know, that might be 50 different infrared saunas. And what's going to happen is I'm going to try to market all of those. And I'm going to find that probably, you know, about a quarter of them drive most of the sales of that mm -hmm. particular product type. And I'm going to start to zero in on those a bit more. Yes. Um, but in the beginning, we will, you, you test a, as many products as you can from different brands and you will find in any market, you know, there's 
three or four brands that sell better than the rest. And even within those brands, there's a few of their products that sell better than the rest of the products they have. And so you do kind of start to zero in on those over time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm an established retailer. I've got a, a, my own warehouse. Um, do you think drop shipping would work for me or how do you think I could make drop shipping work for me? Yeah. So I, like I said, I think there's, there's probably a couple of circumstances where it could be advantageous for you. And look, I'm not necessarily saying it would be advantageous for everybody. I think it would depend a little bit on your market, the nature of the products you sell and where you're looking to take your business. But one, one place where I think it could work. And, and I alluded to this before was if you've got, um, you know, you're stocking your own products or, you know, other, other brands products that you retail, uh, you know, obviously you've got a bit of cash that's invested into that and you've got to bring cash onto the table to buy more. So if you want to explore new territory, what are your options? How are you going to do that? Um, yeah, you might get a few samples or something, but a better way to do it would just be to go and find products in that new territory, whether that's a new category of product, like a new product type that you want to get into um, or a completely different direction altogether. Go and find dropshippable products in that category and just market the dropship products. See if you like, see if it's something that works for you. See if it's a product type that works for your customers, you know, and then, it, you know, you prove that concept with the dropship products, then you can have much more confidence to say, well, yeah, actually that that's a good move for our business. I'm going to go and put some cash into that and, you know, buy some of those products at a much better rate that I can warehouse in my warehouse, right? And you can do that with a lot more confidence um, than, you know, going and spending money on something if you're not yet sure it's going to work for you um, or that it's something you want to pursue in the longer term. So that's certainly one avenue that, that I think it would be useful. The other one is like, if once again, if you're in a particular product category and you've got, you know, you might have your own product in there or once again you might be stocking other other manufacturers products um and you just want to really nail that that space you know and there's another 10 brands out there that are being sold in the market that you're not selling and you don't want to stock them all well go and approach those suppliers and see if any of them will drop ship for you because no no one market almost is dominated by only one brand like your brand, you're, you're missing out on customers by not selling some of those other products. So why would you do that? The, the, the goal here, the, the business that wins is the one with the most customers, right? So if you're in a market where, and, and you're one brand out of 10, you know, there's a lot of customers there that are just buying other products in your market. So why not sell those products as well? You don't even have to do it on your main site. You could start a secondary site to sell dropship products in your market under a different brand name. Right. Yeah. And funnel those customers back to your main <laughs> brand. I mean, the I thing know is, people. I know people yeah. who do that. Yeah. I, it may be just that I have US, to say but... you are suggesting to me the things that I've already done and they haven't worked for me. So I think maybe I'm just looking. Maybe it's the wrong products I've been looking at. So. Um, well, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe we maybe we need to talk more offline, and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll give you some okay. tips. <laughs> how do you how do you um okay how do you deal with returns? Because typically, in my experience, mm. the the um, suppliers don't want to take the returns. So what do you do about those? Well, in my experience, once again, on the high ticket side, most suppliers will have uh, a returns policy. 
Okay. Right. Now, whether it's as good as the one you might want to have for your business, that can sometimes be debatable, right? So sometimes it's not as good as you would like, as in you might want to offer 30-day returns and their returns policy is 14 days, for example. That's just yeah. a loose example, right? Um, as I said, the return rate for a, for a high-ticket dropshipping is very, very low. Um, and part of that is because you're not buy, you're not selling impulse buy products. People don't just see these products and go, oh yeah, I'm going to spend three grand, right? They've put some research, they've put some time. The customer journey is longer, right? They have more touch points with your business before they buy, and so usually they're very certain that the product they they want that product. Mm -hmm. They don't tend to get them home and go, oh, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm just going to send it back. It's not right for me. Um, that's very rare. It does happen. Of course it happens. Sometimes people are like, oh, I can't actually afford to spend that much money. I, I, <laughs> I need that money back. You know what I mean? Um, I got a big credit card bill or something like that. That can happen. Um, so you'll either send it back to your supplier or depending on your situation, you might just take it back yourself uh, to wherever you are running your business from, wherever you live and wait until you sell that product again. And, and when you do, you just ship it from wherever you are, okay. you know? Um, that's actually a cool thing to do because you've got the product there. Now, what are you going to do? Take a bunch of pictures of it, make some videos, do some YouTube content, marketing materials. You know, you do all sorts of stuff with it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, and like I said, a lot of dropshippers who like find a place in their market after they've been selling dropshipping for a couple of years will actually open up a little warehouse space or get a 3PL warehouse space and they'll start buying products you know in small quantities and start start holding stock you know what i mean okay. so a lot of people come to drop shipping because of the low cost of entry like they can't um they don't have access to the funds to start buying a whole bunch of products up front right so they so they start in drop shipping but that's not necessarily their end goal do you know what i mean right so, okay, another question. How do you keep stock levels in sync? So how do you make yeah. sure if you're, you're presumably order, I mean, I don't know what your your delivery time scale is, but how do you, big problem I found is that uh, suppliers are very bad. They will send you a, at best, uh, an in, uh, like an, a spreadsheet once a week, which says we have these things in stock. So you're always out of date and therefore mm -hmm. always chasing orders that you'd be trying to, you know, not being able to fill orders and spending a lot of time managing the customer service side of things. How do you deal with that? Mm. Yep. So once again, uh, along with the, you know, the supplier being the, the, the primary downside of the business model. I mean, that's, that's definitely one of the challenges. Uh, once again, with higher ticket products, they don't move as fast, you know, as in, you know, they're because they're not so high volume, uh, suppliers don't tend to go in and out of stock sometimes as quickly as with lower ticket products. Right. Um, now, some will have, once again, you get a mix. You absolutely do get a mix. You will have some suppliers who have live stocking levels on a dealer website, right? So you can log in, you can see all the stock levels on their website and you'll have a virtual assistant in your business who just runs through and updates yours based on that. You'll have some that do the thing where they send you a spreadsheet. Yep, once again, you got a virtual assistant, you're maybe paying a hundred bucks a week. Their job is just to, you know, amongst other things, is just to go through and update those stock levels as they come in. 
So it's not always perfect. Absolutely. Sometimes somebody's going to place an order. You're not going to have it in stock. Sucks, but it's not really the end of the world. And so the, the trade-off is, once again, I don't have to hold any of that stock. So I'm prepared to deal with that as it happens. And there's going to, in any market, there's going to be some suppliers who do this better than others. And so I'm going to learn who those are as I build, you know, grow my business. And, you know, it, honestly, if some suppliers don't have great systems, they're not going to be the ones I focus on selling. Okay. Look, well. you know, you've gone yeah. part of the way towards convincing me. Perhaps I should have another <laughs> look at this. So um, it's interesting to hear that at least there's, because my experience with dropshipping is that it, I just see it from the point of view, A, what's failed for me, and B, a lot of people out mm. there selling things on AliExpress. And I know that both of those two, two things don't that. work. So I yeah. believe that you Gross. have a, it's a course, isn't it? Dropship Breakthrough. And I'll put the link in the in the details. That's very kind. Uh, that's good. So I think, um, so the last question, I like to ask a bit of a fluffy question at the end. What have you, what are you nerdy about? What interesting things have you come across recently? Well, like I could be totally boring and say I'm a marketing nerd or an e you know, an e-commerce. You that, can say that. That's, if you like. that, that's, prob that's probably a given. No, one of the things I, I do love, you can see behind me. Um, it's uh, I, I'm very much into uh, what's called visionary art. So you can see an example of it hanging on the wall behind me. Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I guess one of the forefathers of it, it's a fella called Alex Gray, um, who's done a lot of work for a, artwork for a band called Tool. That's quite uh, quite big if you're into sort of progressive uh, rock and metal. Uh, some of you are listening. Which you are, I suspect. <laughs> yes, yes, okay, which I am. So, are. Um, you know, it's, uh, how do you term it? Um, People want to see somewhere that you can buy this stuff. Uh, there's a website called Threyda, T-H-R-E-Y-D-A.com um, that sells a lot of this artwork. But it's kind of very, um, kind of mystical artwork. I'll put it that okay. way. Okay. Okay. So the picture behind you, let me just describe it. It's got it's got some kind of Aztec style pyramids. It's got seemingly some sort of planets in the background. There's lots of colors. It does look quite prog rock. <laughs> yeah. it's quite it's quite prog rock we could see that's it's it's a little bit kind of led zeppelin 1975 sure sure yeah i can it's, deal with that it's uh it's a bit spinal tap is that fair <laughs> <laughs> oh spinal tap might be a little bit too far in in, in i know direction but you so. know i went to you know you've, you've watched spinal tap yeah you remember the bit where they got they get the feet and inches mixed up and they get the um the little little henge <laughs> And they get this come yeah. down. Now I went to Stonehenge, and you can actually uh -huh. buy model Stonehenge, the model henge bit with the three, you know, the, the standing bit. Really? And it is about yeah, yeah. a foot and a half tall. And I just thought, <laughs> and they were selling this without irony. They were like, you know, it wasn't like you know, as seen on Spinal Tap. They were just selling. Oh, really? Really? Right. <laughs> no. Nice. John, it's been lovely speaking to you. Thanks for yeah, thanks for thank educating us to dropship, and I'll we'll, maybe we should all have another look. Thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. Bye.